I think as far as being brave in those moments, you know, there's almost no choice, you know, mm. and even when we went through storms, you become so focused on the goal of where you want to get to that what's ever happening around you right now, you're not even fearful of it because you're so directed. So even when we're in a storm and there's a ton of wind, we know where we want to get. And if there's too much calm, we still know where we want to get because you're focused on that and not the conditions that you're in. I think that's how you, you become brave. What does it mean to you to live your best and bravest life? Does it mean being strong and forthright? Do you think of bravery as a woman or a man in uniform wearing stars or medals? Or does it mean being vulnerable, honest and courageous in all that you do? It is my mission in life to help you feel brave and empowered to live as your authentic self. So join me in these inspirational conversations filled with tips and tricks to help you live your best and bravest life. I'm Tiffany Johnson, and this is the When We Are Brave podcast. Welcome to the When We Are Brave podcast, season two, episode two. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for joining and tuning in. Oh, today is a beautiful and inspiring and adventurous episode. And I can't wait for you to hear who I've got on the show. But first, I wanted to go through a few things. Don't forget to enter into the competition. That's right. I'm running a amazing competition for the celebration of season two of the When We Are Brave podcast. You can go online and enter on my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au. It's also on my social pages. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. You'll find it everywhere. So what's in this competition? Well, let me tell you, because I'm so excited. It is a Laser 7 tablet, which is an e-reader, and it's uploaded with books from some of the authors that are on the show for season two on the When We Are Brave podcast, including, that's right, my book, Brave Enough Now. There is also the gorgeous Tara Nielsen, Raised in Ruins, her incredible memoir about growing up in the wilderness in Alaska. Then there is the incredible and amazing Aspen Matus, who has written Your Blue Is Not My Blue. She is a New York Times best-selling author from her memoir, Girl in the Woods, an inspiration in my life, that book. Uh, you'll hear her on the show later on in one of the other episodes. Um, Dr. Stefan Neff, who was an alcoholic, and he's written a book about his journey to sobriety. And then from last week's episode, in episode one, the gorgeous Dr. Wendy Bruton, who has written a book on essential oils. I've just actually put on an essential oil burner in my studio, and it's for balance. And I needed a bit of balance today, and I'm feeling balanced, which is wonderful and exciting. That also leads me into a new product that I am developing just for you. I thought this would be really beautiful. I love essential oils and my mum is an aromatherapist. She's been helping develop my very 
own essential oil blend on how to help us to feel brave. Oh, we're in the process of developing it. So that's super, super exciting. That'll be out uh, in a little while. So just keep your ears open for that. And drum roll, another drum roll. I'm not very good at a drum roll. I might need to work on that. My audiobook is available on Amazon. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. That's right, my friends. It is finally available on Audible. Woohoo! Oh, this has been such an incredible journey doing an audiobook. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of the work that I've done, and I know you're going to love it. I've cried in it, it's very authentic. And I think that you will really be able to connect with the character, which is me. There's lots of tears. There's lots of laughing. I think there's even a few coughs in there. No drum rolls, thank goodness. Listening to an audiobook is a very different experience to reading a book. But not only do you get to hear the author or the narrator, as the case may be, both in my situation, but you can keep going on the story when you're busting to find out what happens you can listen to it when you're gardening you can listen to it when you're driving you can listen to it on your way to work it's just like listening to a podcast i know it's so cool so make sure you grab your copy today brave enough now an inspirational story of self-discovery survival and hope it's also available as an ebook and a paperback and is currently on sale as an ebook so make sure you go over and grab that if you do prefer an electronic book version and that's available on all platforms apple books um kobo nook all wherever you get your ebooks but not only is it available across all ebook platforms and as an audiobook as I keep saying it's also available in German oh my god I know that's right I got my German copy this week from my publisher in Switzerland I was so excited it's called Frozen Sunshine not brave enough now I feel incredibly privileged and honored to have the beautiful Susanna who's my publisher in Switzerland translate this book into German and to have it available to all those people out there. So if you know of anybody who would love to get their hands on a copy, head over to my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au or braveenoughnow.com and you'll find the link to the German copy there. Okay, so today's show. Oh, today is a wonderful and adventurous episode. I have the most delightful couple Dr. Charles Sanger and Elaine Sanger, who have joined me on the When We Are Brave podcast. They are the owners of Pilotage Group, which is an author advisory business. So Charles is a publisher, an author advisor, and he uses his project management background, publishing and business experience to help other authors. He is a number one best-selling author himself. He's an international speaker and he has a doctorate in intercultural studies from Grace Theology Seminary. Elaine has a marketing background and she is the marketing and creative director. She's also an author advisor and a publisher, and she combines her corporate and entrepreneurial not-for-profit and design experience to help with marketing and sales with their authors that they work with. She's also an international speaker, and she attended New York's University for an MBA program. Elaine and Charles have used incredible tools in their life's adventures. Together, they work as a team 
in all aspects of their life, in both work and play and life choices. Their story is fascinating and their purpose is even more special. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you the Sangers, Dr. Charles Sanger and Elaine Sanger. Good morning and good afternoon to Charles and Elaine. I am so excited. Welcome to the When We Are Brave podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Yes, it's wonderful. So you're on the other side of the world. Whereabouts are you guys? Uh, we're in, the, in Texas, north, yeah. northern part of Texas. Not very far from Dallas. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love having beautiful international guests. It's very wonderful to have you on the show. So just can you tell our listeners a bit, little bit about your incredible life journey? You've had so many different aspects of bravery. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do now, and how you have come to be where you are now. We're author advisors now. So we help authors write, uh, get their message out there, uh, get it written, and then be able to share it in speaking or blogging or however they want to do it. But primarily in a book is the basis or the core that we start working with. And we got into that because um, uh, we were we were living in a third world situation. We were working with some tourist workers down in the Dominican Republic and the Caribbean. And when we came back to the United States, things had changed. And we were trying to raise funds, but the economy was giving us a hard time with that. It was one of those recession yeah, times. Yeah, one of those recession times. And so all, with all of that going on, when we got back here, Elaine, because she's in sales, she got a corporate job right away. I was a technologist, so I'd been out of technology for seven years. So for me, finding a job was a lot harder, but uh, we, I decided to write about what we were experiencing. And I wound up writing a book because while we were gone, we transferred from the industrial to the digital age. And I wrote a book about that and about how that affects, uh, especially the baby boomers, although it was millennials too that liked it. But um, after I got the book written, Elaine helped me go number one in three categories on Amazon. So with all her marketing background. And uh, so, so then we had people coming to us asking us to help them write their book. And we found when people are coming to you to ask you for help, that's probably a good thing to do. Yeah. And that happened to us even internationally. Um, people would come to us and ask us for help in this specific area. And we go, maybe that's what we should be doing right now. Yeah, so almost, almost like you had a calling later on in life, isn't it, in a way, that yeah, you've, ha yeah. you've had that opportunity and now come to you. Now we work with uh, quite a few authors uh, helping them uh, with their books and we have a, a process and a method to help them through it. Yeah, fantastic. That's so helpful. In fact, I had just a friend call me yesterday and say, I want to publish a book. How do I do it? <laughs> I think once you've got a book out there, people start to come out of the woodwork. Oh, yes. that's a good idea, which is... They do, yes. <laughs> It's life-changing writing a book. It has been for me anyway. When you were in the Dominican Republic, I want to talk a little bit about that because this is a fascinating story. It was a life-changing experience for you. You were out there on a mission to help those um, in third world country, like you mentioned before. You gave up everything in your world to go on a boat and sail to the Dominican Republic. And you had lots of fun while you're doing it, but you also came to some very crucial and change of life moments. How did this chapter change your life? Well, we uh, 
had been working in corporate and we had had several small businesses in the past and we knew what was going on was it really giving us any fulfillment? We felt there was something bigger we needed to do. And we felt that corporate life was not for us. And so first thing I think was the decision that we both looked at each other and we, we, know, we knew we had to go out and help people less fortunate than us because the nice house and all of the things everyone thinks you need before retirement was not where we were at. And so uh, I, I think one of the big things was announcing it to our friends that we were leaving, which scared them all, all of them. <laughs> and we gave away our cars and, our, and sold our house and everything and moved into our 38-foot sailboat. Now, there was a lot of preparation before that. But I think those first times, I, we were brave in a way that we made the decision. A lot of people talk about doing this, but they don't do it. Mm. We did it. And we did a lot of planning to get there. And then living uh, in a small space that's mobile for multiple years without a car, without, um, we had to make our own electricity. We pull into an island and you had to walk and find food, you know, things like that. All of those things helped us realize how little we really needed yeah. to live yeah. on. But uh, gave us a sense of courage every time we faced a new obstacle together and were able to overcome it. On our own, as far as taking care of the boat and maintaining it and things yeah. like that, we didn't have the help of other professionals that we could call and pay somebody to do this or do that or do something else. We had to do all of that ourselves. So we had to learn how to do that. And uh, that, was, that was sometimes a challenge because sometimes it's easier just to call somebody and say, come <laughs> fix it. Yeah, call the mechanic. Come and fix my car. My car's broken. Yeah, come fix it. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, I learned a lot about all the kinds of mechanics on the boat, uh, electrical, diesel, all kinds of stuff, rigging and sails and all that stuff. And we would have never attempted if I hadn't been able to be in command of the boat if something happened to Charles. Yeah. So I had, he had a lot more experience than I had when we started. So I had to take a lot of courses and practice and all kinds of things to get to a point where if something happened to him or even when we s sailed overnight, if we did a three-day journey, it, you're, on, you're on the boat 24 hours. Somebody's got to stay awake and somebody's in charge. So I had to be brave enough to be able to stay up for four-hour shift in the middle of the night and know I could handle anything uh, as well. So, you know, you're by yourself. There's no one to call. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I can kind of relate to that in terms of traveling across the desert in Australia when lots of people do oh, that yeah. huge big journey. It's such an enormous country and in the middle there's nothing for miles, right. you know, days. And so you've really got to do the same sort of planning, but obviously in a, a land sense, not in a sea sense. But, yeah, same. That's kind of how I would relate to that. It is very similar. We hang out with a bunch of cowboys here in Texas, and oh. we're, we're very similar, even though they're, you know, horses and, and cattle and that kind of stuff, and we're boats and what, but we have a similar outlook on life. We have us, we're very similar in life, and we get to get along together great, even though we're from those two different kind of the nautical and the land perspective, uh, yeah. our, our makeup and our outlook of, of life is, yeah. is the same. I think a lot of that has to do with the self-sufficiency you need uh, when you're isolated and you're not near other people. And also 
being out in the open, seeing the sun's rise and sunset mm. and getting down to those very basic things. And um, it sort of puts life in a different perspective than living in a city or urban or rural or with all the comforts. People yeah. would tell us we were on a permanent vacation and we'd go, no, 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 no. no, no. It's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. And an adventure has extreme highs, but it also has extreme <laughs> lows. Which <laughs> takes me into... What, that, that's what living on a sailboat's like. Yeah, yeah, it takes me to my next question because that was one of the fascinating stories that you were telling me when we chatted before about how you were faced with an enormous question mark hanging over you when you came to a point in your travels before you got to the Dominican Republic and you were sailing and you came to a space in the sea where there was no wind now, for those of you out there who don't know anything about sailing, you need wind to sail, otherwise you don't move. So if you don't move and you're stuck out in the middle of the ocean, this is problematic. <laughs> so, yeah, so I would love for you to share that story with us and tell us how in that moment of facing with life or death, because you actually were faced with life or death, if there is no more wind, how are we going to get water how are we going to get food how do we have how do we get to the next port yeah well, how well, did that change your life about going out in the ocean they think about fear as being a storm but uh we've got this stream of water that goes along the east coast of the united states called the gulf stream we left and we crossed the gulf stream we got out past it and it's kind of tropical water out there in that part of the ocean when you get out in the atlantic and we should have had nice wind out there but we had nothing after we crossed the gulf stream it just went flat the water at times didn't even have a roll on it it was just flat at night we would look at the sky and we couldn't tell where the sky and the sea broke and it's like we were just hanging there in space yeah and the stars were reflected from the sky in the water because it was so flat you felt mm. like you were a cocoon of stars you weren't sure where the horizon was now that doesn't seem like a big problem but our boat didn't carry a lot of fuel, okay? So we didn't have enough fuel to go back, and we didn't have enough fuel to get where we were going. And in fact, if we drew a circle, a circumference around the boat, we didn't have enough fuel to get to land anywhere if we had to motor all the way. Mm. So we needed wind. So we had to get creative on what we were doing, little bits of wind we would take and sail close in the direction we could. Finally, uh, it didn't turn out too bad because we finally got far enough east in the Atlantic, which is about a third of the way out across the Atlantic. We picked up the trades, and then it was beautiful sailing all the way down to the Caribbean. Mm, it must have been quite scary, though, in that moment yeah. for you. It was because, we, because um, uh, if we run out of fuel, we can't charge. We have no electricity if we run out of fuel. And um, Few, uh, food was a problem. Our refrigeration would have been gone at that point. Yeah. So there was just a lot of issues that were around not being able to have, have the wind and not being able to sail. Uh, I, I had a great wind generator on there, but since I couldn't sail, the wind generator wasn't doing too much either. So yeah. it wasn't putting a lot back in our batteries. Yeah. And I think as far as being brave in those moments, you know, there's almost no choice, you know, mm. and even when we went through storms, you become so focused on the goal of where you want to get to that what's ever happening around you right now, you're not even fearful of it because you're so directed. So even when we're in a storm and there's a ton of wind, 
we know where we want to get. And if there's too much calm, we still know where we want to get um, because you're focused on that and not the conditions that you're in. That's what I think that's how you, you become brave. Yeah, that's such amazing advice. Do you find that you use that dedication and that focus and goal setting in what you do now in your business? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. I think <laughs> once you've been self-sufficient, you have a lot more confidence that you can do things you didn't think you could do. Um, you know, we knew we could handle most of sailing, but there were parts that I was afraid if that happened, how are we going to deal with it? Yeah. And some of those things happen. You know, like when you're in the desert, some of those things happen that you yeah. don't want them to. And you yeah. just deal with it. But you that gives you the confidence to then to deal with other stuff, to know that we're not we're not so um, – how, how do I want to say it? We're not uh, just incapable. But not that we can only do one or two things. We're capable of doing a lot more yeah. than we think we can if we put our mind to it and if we work on it. And I think – And if we don't panic yes. in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Sit back, think about it. I, one of the guys taught me to sail. He said, whenever you're in trouble, whenever the boat's just coming unglued, and we were in a lot of storms in the Great Lakes at the time, he says, I just go down and I get a cup of tea and I drink my tea and I think about what's going on and I figure out what to do and then I go do it. <laughs> he says, I don't try to do it right in the beginning because then I'm going to screw something up. Yeah, the flapping <laughs> I think going through those things, there are sort of stretching goals, okay? Because whatever Charles and I have gone through since those points, um, things tend to get easier. They might be different, but we do know um, what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. You know? What's the worst that can happen? So it's a choice. Either you live your life in fear and do not uh, take any risks, or you start building that muscle of being able to press against risk and getting through it. So you're not as fearful anymore. Yeah, fantastic advice. That's amazing. I, I think you could look at fear, you know, on this side, it's fear and it's risk. But when we get on the other side of it, it becomes the adventure we live through. Yes. If, if, we, don't, if we don't approach, you know, if we don't take some risk, if we don't take some fear in our life, we're not going to have any adventure. And, and I don't know, in, in our country, in the, the urban areas and in the corporate world, we're so much level that we don't do that. We don't take any risk. Yeah. We don't do anything like that. So we don't really have that sense of adventure in life, that, that sense of, of life, of uh, living life. When we left on our adventure, as I said, a lot of people were sort of like shocked that we actually were living our dream. And we knew a lot of people who said they always wanted to do it. They talked about it, but never did it. And we just went and did it. Um, we had a lot of people who were living through us vicariously. This is before blogs were really as popular as they are now. And so a lot of people were watching us. They look on the, um, the tracking, the sailboat tracking, and they try to see where we're at and things like that. And, you know, we went through all these adventures and I look at them now and I love them dearly, but they're still where they were at. Mm. even though we went through all of this and our perspective is so different. Um, and that's a, a problem, Tiffany, you probably understand it when you've gone through these adventures or situations where you really have to be brave. You look at things very differently than people who haven't taken those risks or haven't been in those situations. 
it's a, a different it's a twist on your perspective and how you look at things so yeah i would definitely agree with that absolutely and a lot of people i think too um you're right they just are a bit scared aren't they they're scared to take those steps for change change can be really quite terrifying but the joy and the abundance that comes from taking that risk can, is sometimes worth it. I know. Well, and sometimes it has you find been for me. <laughs> sometimes you find out that change was actually better on the other side than it was on this side before you did it. And you're, you know, I, I look at people that they're working in a job they hate. Mm -hmm. They just hate it. And eventually they get fired or they get laid off. So they got to quit. You know, they're not going to do it on their own. But then they start doing something else that they enjoy and they found out wow, that job wasn't life. That My life wasn't about that job. There's another life apart from that out there that's even better than what I thought I had there. Yeah, definitely. I remember the moment when I knew in my heart of hearts that I needed to write my book and it was just like, <gasps> I need to write my book. <laughs> it was the light bulb went off. And a lot of the authors we work with, they're at that fear. They come to us because they're at that fear place. <laughs> you know? They're like, I want to, but I'm afraid and I don't know what to do and whatever. So we deal a lot with mindset shift and helping them feel comfortable and accepted and knowing more secure and going through that process. Like anything new, someone who's done it before and knows how to teach and help people, it makes it easier for you. Yeah. I, I went to sailing school. Uh, met multiple sailing schools because I need to learn how to do it from somebody who knew what to do. Yeah, that's exactly right, isn't it? Tell me a little bit about how uh, you're working together, married, you've been married a while, I'm presuming, I don't know personally, but <laughs> I'm presuming you've been married a little. 27 years now. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, my parents worked together most of their um, married life. So growing up in a family where the parents worked and were married is very different to what my children go through in my husband has a job and I work in my When We Are Brave business and, you know, I have multiple different areas in the business that I work in, like the podcast and books and merchandise and a whole bunch of other things. How do you separate? Do you separate life and work? Do you mould it all in together? Because I find it quite hard as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur or an authorpreneur or whatever you want to call me, my what I do, I'm so passionate about it and I love it so much and it's ingrained in everything that I do that I kind of, my family just all get mushed into it because I'm like, <laughs> I need help. I need someone to do this. What do you think of here? You know, and I work from home. So there's not, yeah. there's not really a separation. Whereas my husband goes to work. Well, he did before COVID, but now he works from home. But took us a little while to get into that routine with the difference and the change of him being around. But he, when the door's closed, he's at work. He's not here because he needs to be focused on doing his job. How do you navigate that path bravely as you have to and as I witnessed as a child with my parents to keep a loving marriage going and a successful business? Well, I, I think we come from a philosophy that if we're a married couple, we're married because we're on the same path and we can be stronger together as a couple than we can as an individual. So um, we look for things that are gonna, we each have our own goals and, and you know, um, 
purpose skills. in life and skills Balance, and yeah. skills, but we look for things that can bring those together to a single purpose that we're both focused on. Yeah. So our purposes is feeding into this single purpose that we both want to do, we want to accomplish, and we can bring to bear uh, what we have. And we recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses. Um, uh, I'm more the operation side. Elaine's definitely marketing. She's the one out there talking to all the people. She says, go talk to this person. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm probably not going to walk up and talk to him. But she's going to say, you know, talk to this person. And and so I listen to her in that. And she listens and to listen me to him and, and how the programming is going to be. And we've kind of learned, and we don't do it perfect. Okay, we don't do it perfect all the time. But we've kind of learned if she's doing her thing, she can be kind of uh, direct about that. Like if I'm doing mine, I can be direct. But if I want to talk to her about marketing or something like that, I come to her more with a question or would it work and more of a not, we're going to, not an aggressive attitude, but a more, you know, what do you think if we do it this way? Kind of a, more of a questioning Res attitude. Respecting my expertise. That's, yeah, that's part of that respect. And chiming in rather than trying to take over what I'm doing and vice versa. When we're doing something about our processes and how we serve our clients and how we're going to deliver and things like that, and uh, deadlines for our books and things like that. If I have an idea, I'll say, well, what do you think of this? But I know he's in charge because we need one person doing that, all right? And so we respect each other's roles. Yeah, and well, I think communication I, I, is huge too, isn't it? It's how yeah. you communicate with each other. You said as a solo entrepreneur, you're into it all the time. Well, as a couple, you know, we are, we, that's, that's life. That's what we seem like we live and breathe and work. But we found a couple things that we do need to take time away from the business, get out. And usually that means getting out of the house because we work at home. Yeah. So, and the other thing we found is when we're going to have, we have to have time when we have a meeting that we say, this is a yeah. meeting. We're going to be talking about that because we talk about this stuff all the time. And then we go, well, I said that, you know, last night before we went to bed, but you didn't do it. And, well, yeah. you know, that's not a good job. If yeah. we have a formal meeting like we would in a business, we do that. Then we write down what we're going to do, who's going to do it, when it's going to be done by. And that helps alleviate a lot of the arguments. Now, again, we're not perfect. We still go through all our, <laughs> our battles with this stuff. But that's what we found works best yeah. for us. And when I, I think in the long term, there have been seasons of our life when Charles has worked corporate and I've been the primary person in the business and vice versa. There have been seasons where we've had to build our, our kitty, the money that we need yeah. by working in corporate and coming back and doing the next business and, and growing that way. So I can't say it's always been, we've had three business, separate businesses now. So I can't say it's always been this smooth road. And I don't think people realize that there are ups and downs and cycles mm -hmm. and you learn through them each time. And a couple, it doesn't have to be the business that's your goal. Your goal can be something else, but you just honor each other's talents and uh, capabilities and what you're offering for that joint goal as a couple. If a couple's going in two different directions, it's harder to stay together and have a good marriage, we think. Yeah, I, I do want to give you one, one, one tip, business tip. And we, people like this. Um, uh -oh. What happens a lot of times with, whether it's a couple or two people or three people working together, 
Somebody says something, the other person says something else and back and forth and nothing is resolved. So we have a really great thing that we do. Actually, we have one of the walls in our studio painted. So it's a whiteboard. The whole yeah. thing is a whiteboard. Yeah. And when we meet, we draw things on the board and we both look at solving the problem that's on the board instead of pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, it becomes that great. third object. It could be a piece of paper. This is what we're talking about. Not you, not me, but what's on this paper? What's on that board? What's on that computer? What's on that flow chart? So the personalities, we're making a decision about something that's not emotional. It's something outside of us. Yeah. That's my, my little tip. Yeah. Charles did it, started it, but I'll give the tip. <laughs> I think that's how it works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I love I it. I to do something, right? <laughs> and I think that's so important in all relationships, whether it's in business, friendships, to be able to find a path that works for communication. I've always said that communication is key for, for relationships and it can be any type of relationship, like I just said. So that's a really great tool for people to, to hear. So on top, talking about tools, this is always my favourite thing to end on because I love sharing lots of tips and tricks and techniques and methods and ways that we can all feel brave in our life because every single day when we get up out of bed, there's something that we're going to have to do that's brave. And for some people, getting out of bed is brave they might be in pain they might be suffering they might have mental health issues you just don't know what everyone is going through and I think we all can do with some more courage and confidence to live our best life be as authentic as we can and who we are so that we can move forward in a way that's positive for us as individuals but also in within our communities and globally that's so important so when you have had incredible adventures you have had businesses, you've had jobs, you've got this beautiful relationship where you're going through the motions as we all do, but it's rewarding and it's fun and you're filled with gratitude and love for life. What are some of your best tools on top of all of the other ones that you've given us today to help people to feel that they can be brave and live their best and bravest life? I'll tell you a little secret. I had a, a stroke about two and a half years ago, I couldn't talk, I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything. Mm, um, they didn't know whether I'd survive, all right? And so at that moment, when they woke me up from being unconscious, you know, for me, I said a prayer saying, all right, if, if I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. That's yeah. it. That's the worst that could happen. I could die. But the other alternative was if I am to live that's my other choice, then I'm going to live all out. And I am not going to hold back. Now, for me, that was a life-changing situation, as, as yours was, a different type of life or death situation than living on the boat, all right? But I think it's a choice. It's a choice, whether you're going to retreat or you're, I'm going to fight and get strong again, and I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk, all right? And that's why we're here today, for me, because I pushed through it. Yeah. That's my tip. Yeah, it's it's about it's about making life count, not just sitting around. And I, 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 you know, as I look at retirement or vacation, I can't sit and do nothing. If I go to the beach, I may be good to lay on the beach for an hour, and that's it. 
uh, then I got to be swimming or surfing or diving or something. I got to be doing something because just sitting around, that's not what we're made for. We're made to be active. We're made to do things. We're made to explore and discover. And uh, we're both people of faith. So we believe there's a God there that uh, has a purpose for us. And uh, we should be working to fulfill that purpose. And part of that purpose is making this world a better place, however we yeah. can do it. And that word retirement, it's not in our vocabulary. I mean, we're a bit older than you are. <laughs> okay. We have great grandchildren. We're not going to say how much. <laughs> I'm not ageist here. There's no, there's no discrimination between ages. We're all just human beings but living our life. There's no, there's no um, thought between us that we're not just going to keep going and being uh, advancing what we're supposed to do and the people we're supposed to help while we're here. It's not about us retiring and our happiness. It's what we're giving out and those goals and those things that we can do to help others. That is beautiful. Real happiness comes from when we've helped somebody else and see yeah. them succeed. For us, that's, that's the ultimate happiness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the joy in it, isn't it? I would agree 100 trillion percent that that and is so that fulfilling with you're doing with your book and your podcast and everything when you speak when people's eyes like go oh <laughs> that's yeah. the reward yeah definitely absolutely oh that is such a great note to end on because i just feel like we've had this amazing incredibly inspiring interview with so many different snippets of pieces of information that you've shared with us today Tell us about how people can find out about you. If I have any listeners out there who are interested in publishing a book or getting some help with the marketing of the book, because I know firsthand how much work goes into doing that. It's a lot. Um, How can people find out about you, connect with you? Tell us all about it. There's two ways. Uh, They can set up, uh, offer your listeners a strategy call, okay? Our website is yourmessagecentral.com yourmessagecentral.com. And if they put a slash on it and put the word strategy, they'll be led to a form and they can set up a time and have a a conversation with me. Another way, if they don't want to do that, is on Facebook, we have a group. It's called Author Entrepreneur Community. And we uh, have that. We help encourage people who are either entrepreneurs that want to be authors or authors that realize, oh, I'm in business. I've got a book. (laughs) Um, And so we do some light training there. We do some Facebook lives. We have webinars and things like that. So there's two ways. Fantastic. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you, Charles and Elaine, for joining me on the When We Are Brave podcast today. It's just been delightful. Well, we love what you're doing and helping people be brave. So thank you for the opportunity to, to talk with your your audience today. Yes, it was great to talk with everybody around the world, wherever you're going to be when you hear this. Yeah. Thank you so much. What an adventure Charles and Elaine have had and a wealth of knowledge and inspiration to go out there, follow your dreams, be brave, take a risk, take a chance on yourself. Because when you believe in yourself magic comes your way and it spreads like wildfire for others to join in charles and elaine are living proof of that if you would like to publish a book you've been thinking about publishing a book you know your message really does count your story is important your voice 
is unique and special. And Elaine and Charles might just be the people that can help you follow your dreams. So make sure you check out their discovery call offer. It's in the show notes from today's episode. You can go to tiffanyjohnson.com.au and you will find all the information there. Go to the podcast link. Now, don't forget, enter into the competition. Yes, celebrate. Woohoo! Yay! Celebrate season two of the podcast. The competition ends on the 4th of September. 2020 which is only a couple of weeks away my friends so make sure you go online you can go to my facebook page instagram twitter go to my website tiffanyjohnson.com.au and you'll find all the links there don't forget share it with your friends i can't wait to find out who's going to win if you're enjoying these podcast episodes please subscribe and leave a review I love getting reviews or send me a message, send me an email info at tiffanyjohnson.com.au or leave a comment on one of the posts on my social pages. I love to hear from my listeners. Thank you so much for being on this brave journey. If you'd like some more inspiration to be brave in your life, head over to my website and you'll find a whole lot of resources and different tips and freebies on there that can help you to be brave. And so, my friends, on that note, be brave. I know that you can, and I know that you are. And when you are, you will lead your best and bravest life.